Hey, this is Jonathan with Limitless Mindset, and this is Q&A podcast number 30. And today I am joined by my wife, Gargana. How are you doing today, babe? We're having kind of a chill Sunday. It has not been a remarkably productive Sunday. In fact, I think this podcast is going to be the most... This podcast is going to be the... The climax of our day, John. Yes, yes, that's if, right. If we don't count the climax this morning. <laughs> <laughs> oh my, oh my. She's sharing all these details. Too many details, babe. Too many details. Let's, let's keep this buttoned up, okay? Let's keep things buttoned up on this podcast. So we've got four great questions that are leaning a bit more towards the uh, philosophical, philosophical side of life than the than the pragmatic biohacking side of life. But we'll cover a few of those. So before we delve into those four questions, I just need to clarify a couple of things. So what you find on my website, limitlessmindset.com, and here. Here is not medical advice. I'm not a doctor. I'm just an experienced, unlicensed self-experimenter practicing free speech in talking about my own extensive experiences with all sorts of interesting biohacking, life hacking, anti-aging tools, along with my interpretations of published science. And I urge everyone to check out the guide that I created to biohacking smart and safe. And this is a real extensive article that basically explains how to how to kind of take charge of your own health, but do it in an intelligent way and do it in a conservative way. If you don't have like thousands and thousands of dollars that you could spend on getting consultations from doctors and getting second and third opinions from doctors and you want to figure out some of your own health things, you want to take your own health to the next level, you want to take your brain power to the next level without taking crazy risks and, you know, not have to, you know, worry about that you might be doing something wrong, you're going to want to check out that article, which I do link in the article version of this podcast that is going to be linked below wherever you are listening to this podcast. And you might listen to this or any of my other content or my other articles out there, and you might say, whoa, this is a lot of useful, helpful information, but I'm kind of overwhelmed because there's so much information. If you're talking about, for example, something like like, let's say you're a person that's struggling with chronic fatigue. Like, you're a person that is has has some big vision for your life. And you have, like, a lot of things that you want to accomplish. You got, like, some sort of, like, entrepreneurial or, like, social type of thing that you're really... That you think you can make a big impact in the world. But you struggle with just having motivation and follow through consistently. And you think that you maybe have like some sort of chronic fatigue thing going on. You're like, is, is this like a thing that's all in my head? Or is it possible that I have maybe some sort of like autoimmune interaction that's going on? If you're a person that's struggling with something like that, 
For example, I'd urge you to contact me via a really awesome form that I have on my website. This form on my website, I'm going to link to it. And even if you don't want to fill it out, even if this is totally not interesting to you, I encourage you to just go and and take a gander at this form because it it really has got to be one of the very best forms on the entire internet. I have all these different questions that I've organized that people spend some time. I think people sometimes will spend 20 or 30 minutes just filling out this form and it helps to really narrow down what your particular issue might be, whether it's a, a health issue, a mindset issue, it, this form will help you, well, you send it into me and it really helps me, but I think it really helps you also to kind of figure out where are the, what is the low hanging fruit of your personal development journey? What are like the things that are the easiest to fix that we can prioritize fixing that are going to empower you in all the other areas of your life and result in like more momentum in all the other areas of your life. That's what this form accomplishes. And this form is for me to, you know, decide if I want to engage with coaching clients. I look at what people write me in that form and then I can say, okay, this is a person that is struggling with issues that I have dealt with in the past, either personally or with clients of mine and had transformational results or maybe not. And then I'm able to work with those people and I do a a lean life coaching program. So this is like a program where we do two telephone calls. So it's it's not like a thing where you're going to be like in a Facebook group talking to me and talking to other people all the time. It's uh, it's a a relatively short amount of time actually that we spend talking to each other and then there's some accountability that's involved with it, but it's short-term accountability. This isn't like a real long-term relationship. It's like 60, 90 days, 30 days uh, type of relationship. And I call this the skin in the game, lean life coaching program. And that's something that, again, you're just going to want to go and check out that form because it's an awesome form. And then I should finally mention that I do offer the Limitless Mindset Secret Society, which is a private biohacker community hosted on minds.com, which is the very best free, free, also free speech, also pro-privacy social network on the internet. Because I realize a lot of the people out there that are into this health stuff that really take their health seriously, they also take their privacy seriously. And all of the mainstream social networks, like Facebook especially, they are habitually abusive of the of the trust their users put in them in regards to their own privacy. And so that's why I host our private biohacker community over on minds.com. And we've got some some great guys in there. We only have we only have one girl in the group so far. So it's maybe a little bit of a sausage fest, but I'm I'm hoping in the future we'll get a little bit more, you know, uh, gender representation in the group, but we've got an excellent, very knowledgeable, very uh, erudite lady in the Limitless Mindset Secret Society right now. And we've got, you know, some good conversation going on. So we'd love to have you as a part of it. 
you just need to invest $100 in your biohacking. Uh, you do not send that money to me. You invest it via some very credible sources of uh, biohacking tools and supplements that I recommend. And for that, you're just going to want to, you could just Google search the Limitless Mindset Secret Society, and then you'll see the page with all of my recommendations there. And then you can be a, become a part of our community. Okay. Sorry about that. That was quite a bit of preamble with the the stuff that I got to, you know, these are, these are the important things. These are like the, the venues whereby I engage meaningfully with people out there. And I have tried so many different things on the internet. And I found that uh, particularly the biohacking consultations and then the Limitless Mindset Secret Society, this is how I really establish meaningful relationships with like random people out there on the internet that are in England or Australia or Canada or wherever. So I kind of got to hard pitch these things because that's where, that's where the connection is. That's where the good stuff is happening. So babe, mm -hmm. let's hear from the first question, which I believe was from Johnny on Facebook, right? Yeah, Johnny Kirkman. He's a fan of yours. Mm -hmm. Okay, so he's responding via Facebook to the toxic world of self-help, hustle culture, toxic positivity, addiction, and fake gurus. Right. And so this was like a documentary that I shared that I thought was really interesting. Mm -hmm. And what did he have to say about that? Well, I myself didn't find that this particular video had any well thought out nor well-researched arguments, nor points, as he merely was detailing and explaining about those people who think they have accomplished constantly something. For example, reading self-help books over and over again and never really doing actually something conc concrete and fulfilling. The critic he made was not about toxic world of self-help, as he thinks he's saying here in this video but rather the inane, unending loophole of those who think that by reading books is the only formative action needed towards bettering oneself. Bettering? Bettering? Bettering! Mm -hmm. We've encountered bettering again. Yes. Let's add it to the English dictionary. Mm -hmm. But I have to agree with you, Sir Roseland. Oh, Sir Roseland, that makes me a, a lady. Yeah, of course. The lady, have... the lady Gargana. Mm -hmm. No, a lady Roseland, John. Right, right. The lady Gargana Roseland. Mm -hmm. I too have found immense help from helping myself via taking massive action towards myself for these past five years. For past two years in particular, I actually literally would have died and ended up in the gutter if I wouldn't have straightened my life by forcing myself to it. I had help from few extremely genuine mentors as well. From there, I've mostly focused to help myself actually. Be better and better every year because that is one of the fundamental purposes of living life as human. Or at least should be if you were to aim to live the most healthy life you could. Aha. Yeah. So... The points that I think he's making is that the 
is, is that it's really important to take a lot of action and not get mired in the in the content because there's the whole self uh, self-help personal development there's so much content there's so much information and it's really easy to get mired in it I remember uh, back in the day geez about probably about four Six years before I met you, mm-hmm. I started watching all the real social dynamics videos on YouTube. And so they would do all of these YouTube videos about how to be a pickup artist, how to uh, seduce women. And they, and they would produce these just ingenious uh, lectures on this topic. There was the main guy, I think you've seen him on the internet, Owen He's the guy who is the big, the big beard. He's kind of a funny looking guy. Mm-hmm. And he would just, he would do, he would produce all of these YouTube videos and they would be long, long YouTube videos. And he would just do these ingenious rants on the topics of seduction and personal growth. And the, these rants, these, these lectures that he would do, they were so good that it would be that it would be easy to just and he and they produced so much YouTube content that it would it would be so easy to just watch their YouTube content and like never actually go out there and you know hook up with some slut in a nightclub. I can't believe that this can happen to that guy with the beard. Actually, you know, unless the woman was very slutty and drunk. Um. Yeah. Well, it's the. Okay, okay. Let's not debate. Let's not debate Owen, Owen Cook of RSD, too much. But the yeah, the point is that sometimes the the content can be so good that people just get mired in that feeling, in that uplifting feeling that they get from the from the content I, itself. So I guess it's it's kind of like a lot of things in life where we get addicted. We we find a particular drug. And our drug of choice could be it could be a real drug, uh, could be uh, marijuana, could be something, could be opioids, could be something even worse than that. It could be coffee, could be sex, it could be porn, it could be technology. We find these drugs that are stimulating to ourselves. Peppermint. Peppermint. <laughs> don't be ridiculous. Peppermint. Don't don't be ridiculous. So we find drugs that stimulate us and make us feel good, and then we ignore taking action in life because we're because we're feeling too good. And so, mm-hmm. so that's why I, I I kind of enjoy consuming content about negative things. I, for example, I enjoy reading. I, I try to not, you know, watch like the news too much about just all sorts of negative things happening in the world. But I'll read books, like I'll read deep uh, books about negative trends in the world. And a lot of times I'll do, you know, the big podcasts about these books, like the book review I did of, of EMF, for example. And so I find that if I have kind of two sorts of types of content in my life. I have like really uplifting self-help content in my life. And then I have like uh, like really deep, well thought out, rigorous content about really negative things happening in the world. I find that the, the negative 
kind of grounds me and gets me motivated to like take a lot of action as opposed to just embracing this kind of opium, this digital self-help opium, you know? And then the other point that the documentary made, and I will link to the documentary, which was the toxic world of self-help. The other really good point that they made in it was that there's this, uh, there's this, ethically hazardous business model in self-help where they where the self-help guru puts out like a bunch of free content that's really quite good that attracts a lot of attention and then they upsell people to different types of courses and different types of programs but really the the good content is the content that's for free. And they, they kind of make you, the self-help guru will make you kind of think that the, that the courses being sold are better stuff than the free content that they're putting out on YouTube or podcasts or whatever. And it's actually usually the reverse. It's almost always the free content that's, that's, better. that's, that's better. And then it's the course content that's inferior which is, which is unfortunate, but that's really the consistent trend. You know, I've been following uh, a lot of, I've been following that guy, uh, Coffee, Coffeezilla, whatever his name is on YouTube. I think Steve. Is his name, is his real name Steve? Okay, I hope to interview him sometime soon. And the point that he makes over and over again is that these, uh, most gurus, their paid content is, is far inferior to their free YouTube content that they're putting out there. And so the, uh, and so I've taken over the course of my life, I've taken different courses online and that's been my experience too, is that the, is that the paid courses, they are usually not, they're usually not that great and that you can almost always actually get more personal development out of books my experience has been that I always get more personal growth that's meaningful out of reading books than I do out of uh, courses on the internet that cost $39 or $49 or $97. So, or, or like, remember Tristan Tate? Tristan Tate. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Apparently for, uh, what is it, 1297 euros, he will teach me how to be a... Uh, how to have my own webcam girl harem. <laughs> so I don't know if you're ever interested in that, babe. It's only, we're only 1,297 euros away from, from that. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, maybe we can employ uh, your Pomeranian Errol, Ariel. <laughs> and it'll, it'll work out well. Okay. Yeah. So those are, those are my comments on that. Let's move on to the next question. Yeah. From Dylan Bergum on Medium. He's responding to, by 2021st, we will know if Western civilization is doomed. Mm -hmm. So, we are a little over half a year until 2021st, and we have full-blown chaos all over the USA. I would love to hear from the author as to his opinion on this point, if he feels that Western civilization is still doomed. The author would be Jonathan. If I had to put the dots together based on this article, I would assume it's a pretty sure sign at this point that it is indeed doomed. 
So this was an article I wrote back in 2017, and I published it on Medium, and it did pretty well on Medium. I got a lot of readers. I think it got some good comments. And yeah, in the article, I said, by 2021, we'll know if uh, Western civilization is, if we're screwed, or if there's a chance of recovery. And what I said in the article is I said that by 2021, we will kind of see if democracy is intact, if democracy actually functions. And the two signs, the two signs that I put out there is I said, okay, in 2016, we got uh, Brexit and we got Trump. And both of these pretty monumental political shifts that occurred in 2016, they were kind of, they were anti-establishment type of movements. They were both political movements in the heart of the Western world, the United States and the UK, where there was a, uh, there was essentially, there was kind of like a, a bloodless revolution against the status quo of uh, neoliberalism and globalism. And in the article I said, if democracy is still a thing, if it still works, then by 2021, Brexit will be completed. Brexit will have gone through and then Trump will have built his wall there on the southern border of the United States. And so it's so it's a little bit based upon those two signs I gave, it's actually still a little bit unclear because Brexit did go through. I get I, I think they kind of watered down Brexit. They didn't really get the Brexit that they voted for. And then we still don't really have that southern border wall that uh, that Trump ran on in 2016. So we're kind of, at this point, I think, sort of leaning towards the direction of saying that democracy is just not really a thing anymore, that democracy is not a tool that can be used to save Western civilization at this point. But actually for Delian and, I don't know if that's how you say his name, for him and for everyone else, I will link them over to a newer book review that I did that I think addresses this question some more. And this was a book review of At Our Wits End, which is a really well done book, really thoroughly researched and well written book on the topic of the IQ decline. The there's a global IQ decline happening. A lot of people have heard of the Flynn effect, and according to the uh, according to the popular meme, the Flynn effect is telling us that IQ is increasing globally. And people have probably heard this on uh, TED Talks, or maybe they've heard from Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan is fond of mentioning the Flynn effect. And the Flynn effect is actually kind of a misunderstood thing. And I think the uh, scientist who it is named after, he even came out himself and he said, no, the Flynn effect is not really a thing. The, the evidence is all pointing in the trend of decreasing IQs globally. And especially in Western civilization, IQ is decreasing precipitously for all sorts of reasons that I discuss in that book. But I'm actually a bit more 
optimistic because of the the amount I predict that civilization is going to go through a dark age because of these declining IQ trends that are actually really consistent with other periods in history. Like you had the end of the Roman Empire, you had the uh, decline of one of the Asian dynasties where they had really high culture in Asia. You had the decline of the high Greek civilization in antiquity. You had the decline of the quote-unquote Islamic Golden Age, and they were all caused by similar crashing uh, IQ of the population for actually very similar reasons as what's happening in Western civilization. And these resulted in really catastrophic, awful dark ages of hundreds and hundreds of years of just death and destruction and mediocrity and bland mundanity of violent life for common people. And I'm, I'm hopeful that we're not going to have that kind of dark age ahead of us. I'm hopeful that we're going, that because of the vast, because of the internet and the vast kind of proliferation of knowledge that we have, because the, the, at this point in history, the average person, even a person that's not terribly intelligent, the average person has such a wide scope of knowledge um, that there's, that I think that we can learn from our past dark ages that that we went through and make the upcoming dark age a very short one that we can learn from and then that we can have a renaissance in the near future. So I'm actually relatively optimistic about the long-term prospects for the future of Western civilization. What's the next question, babe? It's from Mark. Hey, Jonathan, I got a question I got to ask you. Are there any European or American nootropics companies that do not import from China? How do you find the quality of the Russian nootropics? I really want to stay away from Chinese imports because of their poor business practices and probably Corona. (laughs) Maybe they'll ship them over. Maybe he'll get coronavirus alongside his his magnesium supplements. Hopefully not. You know, included free. (laughs) Just a simple couple of sentences. I would really appreciate that you have a great day. Greetings from Michigan. Hey, Mark. Yeah, I totally hear you. The uh, Chinese nootropics and supplements, they are awful. They stink. If you're getting cheap nootropics and supplements that come from China, or if you're uncertain of where they come from, then they probably come from China. And you can just about guarantee that they are going to be rife with different toxins, that they're going to be adulterated, that they are going to be weak shit. So that's not what you want. So if you are, if you really want very highly verified American stuff, I would suggest the Health Ranger store. And they are based in Texas. And the guy, Mike Adams, that operates the Health Ranger store, he actually wrote a book that I read. It was a a really well-done book. It was called Food Forensics. And so they're a supplement company, supplement manufacturer, and then they also operate an HPLC lab. So they have a 
very, very sophisticated time-of-flight instrument, and they are a accredited HPLC spectroscopy lab. And so they do spectroscopy of every single product that comes through, and then they are very, very anti-China and very, very pro-American-made, American-manufactured. So if you are a make America great again type of person that really wants to get you know, pure products that come from America, then check out Health Ranger Store. And if you're in Europe, you are going to want to check out Focus Supplements in the UK or Indigo Herbs in the UK. These are two companies that I've had a lot of communication with back and forth, and they have really high standards. I'm, I'm real impressed with them, and then maybe thirdly, I'd say maybe Intellimeds, which is based in Spain. I'm pretty happy with the um, with the product standards that they have, but I feel better about Indigo and Focus Supplements there in the UK. So yeah, try those out. Let us know if you pick up over $100 worth of nootropics from those people. We would love to have you in the Limitless Mindset Secret Society. Yes. Next question comes from Sonny Swan Johnson via Instagram. Mm -hmm. He has two questions. What is the optimal dosage for paracetam and how many times a day? And second question, what is the cycling schedule for paracetam? How many weeks should people take off and in between how many weeks? If there aren't exact numbers, Numbers for the minimums and the optimals would be great. Thank you. Hey, Sonny Swan Johnson. So you're going to want to check out the article. And I also did a video and a podcast version of it. You know, I do these things in all these different multimedia formats just to make it really, really, really easy on you, Sonny Swan Johnson, to understand the proper paracetam protocol. Maybe she's a girl. Maybe, maybe. You never know. Sonny Swan Johnson could be... Of the fairer sex. You never know. Mm -hmm. So I will link to the paracetam protocol in the article that is going to be linked below wherever you're listening to this podcast. And in there, I explain that with paracetam, you need to go through a bit of a discovery process with your dosing where you start the paracetam at a lower dose and then you work it up to a bit higher dose to discover what is optimal for your unique and special neurobiology that is unlike anyone else on this planet. So you're gonna start at a low dosage. It, it would be something like 800 milligrams, maybe a gram of paracetam, and then you increase it incrementally over time and you wait until you are overstimulated by it. And then at that point, you add in a choline source, something like alpha GPC or CDP choline, um, which will balance out a little bit of the paracetam's effect so that your acetylcholine system is not getting exhausted by it. And it depends. It depends on the individual. For me, I can do about a gram of paracetam and, the, and I'll have a great day. I'll have an amazingly productive day on a gram of paracetam. But I've also talked with people that do, there's a guy and he, okay, he is retired now, but he worked at the White House, actually. He was on the Secret Service 
detail for the White House. So he was a really elite um, security guy. You, you can imagine working at the White House, that's about the top of the game for being in security. And he was a big, big guy, you know, a college football player type. And he told me that he would do like eight grams of paracetam a day to like really be in the zone, in the focused zone that he had to be in for his job. So you just need to do some experimentation of pushing the dose up incrementally. And you're going to do it probably twice a day. Almost, almost everybody does it twice a day. But you'll want to experiment again. You got to try. You got to try doing it once a day, and then doing it twice a day. You know, this is what biohackers do. We, as opposed to just you know following the instructions on the labels, you know, we experiment a bit. And paracetam is one of those things that it's its toxicity is so low that you can experiment. That you can try low doses and high doses and see how you respond to it without concern about having some sort of catastrophic. Side effect. Okay, second question, you said, what is the cycling schedule for paracetam? So you are going to want to go off of this stuff. And you're going to want to do probably about five or six days a week on this stuff. And you're going to be real productive. And then take take a day or two off. You know, maybe if you're like a real hardcore entrepreneur like me, you know, it's here on a Sunday and I've, I'm still, I'm working on a Sunday. I'm, I'm enjoying doing a podcast with my wife, but it still counts as work. So if you're, if you're a real workaholic, then maybe you'll do paracetam like six days a week. If, if you're a person that maybe, you know, takes life a little bit easier, then you can just do it five days a week, take two days off. And then you're going to want to do something like, something like two to three months on it. And then you're going to want to do a, a whole month off of it. Um, so you'll, you'll want to, typically what people do is they want to get a better deal on paracetam. So instead of just ordering a month's supply, they'll usually pick up like a two or a three month supply of the stuff. And then when they exhaust that, then they will go off the stuff for a month. And so you'll kind of do it like that. Do like two, three months on, one month off, and then you'll do that for about a year. And then what you want to do is maybe take like a whole like two or three months off of all nootropics and just kind of get your, let your neurobiology like reset just a little bit. And you'll want to be doing other things at that point. Like when you're on the nootropics, you should be habituating some other positive habits, things like meditation that are going to build up your neuroplasticity permanently so that when you go off the nootropics, you're not kind of returning to the the baseline of Sonny Swan Johnson so that you're a bit more of like a Sonny Swan Johnson 2.0. That's what we're going after. So, let us know how you do with the paracetam and with everyone else. We look forward to uh, engaging you all in any other philosophical questions that you have. You know, the world, it's getting just a bit more crazy. It's not just you. It is getting crazier out there, to paraphrase that line from the, uh, the Joker movie that so captured the, the zeitgeist of the era, right? So, I'm Jonathan. I'm Lady Roseland. Lady Roseland. <laughs> And we look forward to a continued conversation with you. Mm -hmm. You should have said, I'm Sir Roseland, John. I'm Lord Roseland. I'm Sir Roseland. Mm -hmm. The magnanimous. <laughs>
great. You're dope. That's great. That's right. The magnificent, not the great. You're the magnificent. Okay. Jonathan the magnificent.